yeah. It's Mr. Encore. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew, yeah. Check. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew, yeah. Come on. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew, yeah. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew. Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew Yeah, lock on Peace Hello everyone and welcome once again We're back once again from a little short hiatus I am JT, a.k.a. The Master And as always, I'm joined by my esteemed co-host Jeff the Joker Two Jersey guys just laying it down on a nice 8 p.m. Thursday night um, NBA, we're going to be talking about for one one thing for sure. I got this one article here that I find conspiracy theorists are going to love it, including my co-host. Uh, the number to call in is 347-637-3220. I'll say that again. It's 347-637-3220 is a place to be if you want to talk to Jeff or me. Got a chat room sitting up there for you. If you want to ask a question, lay your knowledge in that chat room of some type, you can also do that. That's for your convenience only. Okay. We've been away for a couple of weeks. The NBA playoffs has been going on for a, 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 for a little bit. And uh, we had a little incident in game four. Game four? Yeah, game four. That uh, um, prompted the... Uh, NBA, in their infinite wisdom, and I say that sarcastically, that um, decided to suspend Draymond Green for something that a lot of people, including well-seasoned NBA veterans and former uh, players, thought was trivial compared to what happened in the OKC series. And uh, uh, just thinking the same thing I was thinking. They wanted to prolong the NBA, I'm talking about wanted to prolong the series and uh, uh, decided the, what's the best way to do that Cleveland coming at home Draymond Green put himself I wouldn't say put himself in position but it, it wound up um, getting suspended and Kyrie Irving and Chevron and yes I said Chevron decided to go off in that game and, and it seemed like Chevron had uh, uh, rejuvenated his game to another level, um, minus Draymond Green, and uh, uh, this article I have, I'm going to read it, um, but uh, I just want to lay the groundwork, get Jeff's, my co-host, uh, who I'm going to bring in now, uh, input, and then I'll read the article. What's up, What's up, Jeff? Long time no speak, man. How you doing? Jeff, you there? Hello, Jeff. Oh, I don't have Jeff. Wow. Really? Uh, I thought I had Jeff. Don't have Jeff. Hopefully Jeff is hearing me. He's going to call back. Um, and then we can get Jeff back in here um, and, and to do his thing. He, he like, he's very opinionated, which, which it's well appreciated on this show. We've been doing it for quite a few years. And, uh, um, let me see if I can get Jeff back in here again. Hello, Jeff. Hey, am I on? Yes, you are on, Jeff. How you doing, my man? You you heard my little diatribe before. Uh, um, what's your thoughts on that? And welcome to the back to the show. Long time no speak to, man. How you been? Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, well, I think the issue with um, uh, Jermon Groin uh, is uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's cumulative it's not just for the one incident you know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and i i think the uh commissioner or someone with the league might have uh said something to that effect uh but you know he he's you know he's a 
you know, people's opinions vary. He's a very physical player, but you got to be smart. And mm-hmm. uh, he hurt his team because, uh, you know, he's one of the guys they can't do without, you know. So, uh, um, you know, and, and, you know, I'm sure, unfortunately, because of past history, the NBA officiating does, doesn't have a lot of respect, you know. So, uh, and, uh, you know, there's always been talk, and there's some truth in it, that star players do get preferential treatment. And there's a history of uh, trying to extend playoff series. Yep. Well, Jeff, on that note, I'm going to read you an article that came out today. Um, it was on ProBasketballTalk.com. Um, and uh, it was by Dan Feldman. It came, like I said, Feldman came out today. And this is going to put a little bit more stink on that. On, in my opinion, on that uh, suspension. Report is Cavaliers wanted Draymond Green suspended for two days. I mean, two games. The Cavaliers reportedly pushed hard to get Draymond Green suspended for smacking at LeBron James' groin. Lo and behold, Green was suspended for game five of the NBA Finals. So the Cleveland, so Cleveland got its way. Um, they wanted it to be a flagrant two. And and to have him suspended for game five and six. Um, this article said the league got it right. The retroactively assigned flagrant one triggered a one-game suspension due to Green's prior fl- playoff flag- flagrants, just like you uh, uh, alluded to. A flagrant two, which would have triggered a two-game suspension, would have been too harsh for Green's retaliation. Um, he goes on to say, I also suspect the Cavaliers probably knew that. But by pushing for a flagrant two, they framed the fla- flagrant one as a compromised outcome. Much the same way Green and Steve Kerr said Green's flagrant one for kicking Stephen Adams' groin should have been rescinded. The NBA upgraded it to a flagrant two, another compromise decision, when a straight suspension appeared to be on the table. Lobbying on the NBA on these decisions has become part of a championship pursuit. The Cavs had the advantage of facts on their side, but by aiming high, they successfully framed the argument in their favor, and it paid off in game five. And it, goes, it does also say that they, they um, pushed hard to get him suspended. Obviously, and, 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 and I'm going to say this, obviously, when Draymond Green's on the court, LeBron James game doesn't go to the level it went to this past game when him and Kyrie Irving scored 41 points. Um, he still has a, I think he's still leading. Well, he's, he's definitely leading everyone in the series, but his, his um, effectiveness in certain parts, crucial parts of the game get hampered considerably when Draymond Green is, is in the lineup. Um, he may not, guard him specifically, but him being in the lineup um, helps the overall team defense of the Golden State Warriors against LeBron James. So that's why, in my opinion, and I watched the game from start to finish this past, this last game, game five, and LeBron James from the beginning to the end seemed like a different LeBron James, a, a more confident LeBron James, more uh, attack mode type of LeBron James than he had been in prior games. Um, and that's him and Kyrie Irving. I think they fed off each other. Uh, what's your opinion on that article, uh, Jeff? What you talk- Oh, I lost Jeff again. Wow. Okay. Um, my opinion is, like I said, um, I think it, it, it was uh, uh, all in the spirit of getting more games out of the playoffs, not wanting to have the NBA um, finals or the NBA in general be a, a, a season in the past of the past, because after that, and it's only thing left is the uh, NBA draft. And then you have an off season when you can have some drama and you can have uh, a few more nights of ratings and sponsors 
uh, paying for those ratings. I mean, paying for the, uh, the, the sponsorship for each game. I'm really uh, ashamed of the NBA. I had to say that. I'm, I, and, and I don't watch the NBA a lot. So when I do watch it, I want to be able to watch quality games and, 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 and no nonsense that would favor one team versus the other. And I think what the NBA did in the infinite wisdom, and I say that again sarcastically, is play that game. When I say play that game and um, having an excuse, having an out, and something convenient happen that they could impact one game. Now, true, um, Golden State was playing at home. True that um, the uh, uh, Golden State Warriors um, had every shot just like everybody else, in quotation marks, a a, um, one-man down doesn't mean that you can't still can't win the game. They have a losing record this year when Draymond Green is not in the lineup. And they overwhelmingly, quite naturally, had the best record in the league. So overwhelmingly, they have a extremely good record when they do. Jeff, now that you're back again, um, what's your thoughts on that article that I read? Or did you hear it? I missed a lot of it. Um, uh, I kept trying on my cell phone to call into the show. I don't know if there's a problem with the switchboard and it wouldn't happen. So then mm-hmm. uh, I was going to go into the chat room, but I figured I'd give it a try with my uh, landline, which I almost never use. And mm-hmm. uh, maybe the cell phone was the issue, not BTR. So, uh, mm-hmm. y- you know, uh, like I said, unfortunately, it's going to take a long time for the NBA and and the officiating to get credibility. But uh, the thing with Jermon Green uh, kind of reminds me a little of uh, in 97 in the playoffs when uh, five Knicks got suspended and and one Miami Heat got suspended. Oh, man, Mm -hmm. that was awful. (laughs) You remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that was an incident that uh, – is that the one where Jeff uh, um, and I forget his last name? I can't believe I forget his last name. Uh, was was uh, uh, grabbing the ankles of um, um, oh my god! I can't believe I can't remember these guys' name. It was, uh, it was uh, the PJ Brown, Charlie Ward that it started with that, but then a bunch of Knicks came off the bench and they ended up five got five Knicks got suspended. Right, right, and and. and that dramatically changes series. Definitely. And, so, uh, I mean, you know, at, at, you know, at this point, you know, they're playing for pinks and, and <clears throat> you know, the big time flagrant stuff they can't ignore, but in, you know, at this point in the season compared to the regular season, the refs really let them play. Yep. Yep. And, and the fact is this, Jeff, in, in that, in this, in game four, there was a ref, looking directly at, if you watch the replay, looking directly at Draymond Green and LeBron James uh, when Draymond Green tried to set a pick and LeBron James put him on his back and then LeBron James proceeded to step over him as he was coming up and then he flailed his arms and it, and it hit the, uh, um, uh, LeBron in the, in the groin area. Um, not even flush because uh, 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 LeBron James really didn't feel anything. He just kept on going, trying to get to the play, which is started down under the basket where they had another physical confrontation where they did get a, I think they got a double foul or a double technical foul, whatever it was. Um, so the ref didn't even call a, 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 a foul or any kind of um, penalty, so to speak, on the confrontation that Draymond Green got a flagrant, flagrant one from, they the NBA retroactively gave him a flagrant one for that, which is even more egregious in my opinion because there was no foul that the ref called in the first place. So, you know, if he had called a foul or a technical foul or something like that, and then the NBA reviewed it and said, "Well, we're not going to we're going to escalate that. 
we're going to make it uh, not a, a, a common foul or a technical foul. We're going to go to a fragrant one. No, they decided to go to uh, not. They decided just to go to um, all the way up the ladder. Well, three quarters up way up the ladder. Let me put it that way. Instead of doing a flagrant, they went a flagrant one, when there was no foul in the first place that was called. So, I'm. I'm I don't know if you heard me, but I I don't watch the NBA that much. I really don't during the regular season. Um, I pick and choose the playoff games that I watch um, based on the type of play a team team has uh, a play how they play, and I like the way Golden State plays. So I I watched uh, quite a bit this year. Uh, probably the first time in at least five years that I watched a lot of playoffs game and mainly because it was the old Golden State Warriors that I watched because I like the way they play. And uh, that's the first time I've ever seen that I've ever seen a call like that come from nothing. And that's basically what I'm saying is it was nothing um, because the ref who was watching the play only interceded and, and call something on them when they both were tussling under the basket, not on top of the top top of the three point uh, three point circle. So that's what that's my beef. That's my beef. N- nothing was called, no foul, no technical foul, no nothing, and they decided to to uh, put a flagrant foul on it. And I and I'm what I'm saying is because the key Cleveland Cavaliers organization. Um, pressed, pressed hard or, or uh, wan wan or whatever enough that de- decided to um, cave in and give him a flagrant one. The game before that, and this is the issue I have because uh, I think that this guy is getting, definitely getting preferential treatment. And I think he's uh, uh, um, um, a, uh, the B word, as he was called, um, in the game four, when he when you are an NBA player, oh, well, you a basketball player. I've been on basketball quite a few times uh, in my years, and I've talked a lot of smack, and guys talked a lot of smack to me. That's just more or less comes with the game, uh, that people talk talk a lot of trash on the basketball court, and call you get called all kinds of names on the basketball court. Um, um, and you just you just take it because that's part of basketball. When you're professional, you're going to get it get it just like when you are a superstar, and you've been uh, hurt, talked about, uh, or had trash talk talked about you on the basketball court. What that's just like being in Vegas. What goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. So whatever happens on the basketball court, and you're called out of your name, or you're called whatever the B word or whatever. It's supposed to stay there. So when you are a superstar, and I'm pretty sure he's got called this more than once over the years, but for whatever reason, Chevron decided to uh, uh, announce it to the world that Draymond Green called him the B word. And I guess he, as Clay, uh, uh, Clay Thompson said, this is the man's league, and I guess he got his feelings hurt. Now and then, LeBron comes. Shebron comes back and says, "When when he was given the uh, um, the quote from Clay Thompson about being a man's league, and I guess he got his feelings hurt." Shebron thought about it for a minute and said, I, I, "I I'm not. I'm going to take the high road. I've been taking the high road for 13 years. I'm not going to um, stop now." Now, Jeff, I know I'm going on here, but I, I'm getting to the finish here. If you were going to take the high road, Mr. Chevron James, you shouldn't even come out your mouth and t- said to the media in, in, uh, after game conference what was said on the court. No one asked you that. No one asked you what he said. You volunteered that. So I'm thinking um, he's laying the groundwork to uh, get – more, more preferential treatment. 
Plus the fact is that he wasn't getting any foul calls also, and he was crying about that. Um, as all my years in watching superstars and press conferences and superstars, I've never, ever, ever heard a so-called superstar, the best player in the game, ever come out of his mouth and say the things that he said um, after game four or after whatever game it was, after game three, four, whatever it was. Talk to me, Jeff. Yeah, um, I was a little surprised. Uh, LeBron is usually a pretty smart guy. Um, You know, and this is like stuff you learn on the playground. You don't let people know what gets under your skin, you know. I mean, (laughs) what has he been, hanging out with uh, Odell Beckham Jr. or something? I I, I don't get it. Uh, You know, it's like, what, these guys didn't go on the – they never uh, were on the playground as a kid, you know. I, I don't, I don't get some of these guys. I, I don't get them at all. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it boggles my mind that a superstar would come out and say something like that. And it probably, I mean, the press was eating it up, but it probably was a, a big surprise that uh, to press um, to the media that he would come out and say that. I mean. Like I said, it, it, when you're on the court, it's like Las Vegas. What, what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. That's it. That, that's it, like an unwritten rule. Um, and and, and uh, I don't know what possessed him to say it. Like I said, I, I'm thinking he's trying to get every catch every angle. Now, I can understand trying to catch every angle, but, man, come on. Come on. That's, that's in my opinion, punking out and, doing, and saying some things that, that – um, Pretty much, you're crying about uh, when you shouldn't be. If you're the if you're the best player, if you profess to be the best player, a lot of people think you're the best player, uh, uh, basketball player in the world. All right, let's move on and um, let's talk about the uh, today's game. It's played in Cleveland. Uh, the uh, Golden State Warriors put up a decent fight, probably. Uh, two and a half quarters worth before um, succumbing to Kyrie Irving basically taking over the game and being unstoppable. Um, and uh, Golden State needs to play better. I think they will. They're going to be missing Andrew Bogut, Bogut uh, Andrew Bogan, because he won't be playing because he sustained a knee injury uh, with a collision uh, with J.R. Smith. He's out for the rest of the series, uh, which is a – it's a blow, but it's not, I don't think it's a real big blow because it played limited – he played limited minutes, and I don't think it's going to affect the Golden State Warriors that much um, because they do have guys like uh, 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 Virgil and uh, Feely, I think his name is, Seely, something like that, that uh, can pick up the slack. Um, but – Stefan needs to play better. Um, he was pretty much non-existent. I th- he had an extremely bad shooting night, missing a lot of open threes. Open threes he was missing. Uh, Harrison Barnes had a horrible shooting night, missing a lot of open threes or, and open shots altogether. Um, and they just seemed like they were going talking about the Golden State Warriors. Seemed like they were um, a beaten team halfway through the fourth quarter. Uh, and they need to step it up. Need to step it up um, and uh, find out what kind of uh, – what they're made of. Game starts at 9 o'clock on ABC. Um, what's your thoughts, Jeff? Um, you know, I'll tell you, uh, if – if it goes to a game seven, I mean, everybody's going to be buzzing. Um, and, I mean, I don't think in NBA history, is, uh, has there ever been a team been down 3-1 and come back to win it? No. No, there hasn't. Um, no, there hasn't. So, and, and, uh, and, uh, oh, ahead, I'm sorry. Me, the next question is, has there ever been a team, I think there's been teams down 3-1 to force a game seven. I think oh, that's yeah, happened. Yeah. You yeah, know. yeah, um, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's happened, but more, but a team that actually down three one and um, 
go to game seven and win, win the game seven uh, over the favorite, because usually the favorite is the team with the home home court. Um, usually the team with the home court in a game seven prevails. So, um, so I don't, I, I don't think it's ever been done. The, the Warriors, as bad as they were, uh, lost 112 to 97, which is what? 15 points. So, they only lost by 15 points on a very bad shooting night without uh, Draymond Green. Uh, I know they're playing home. I know that the Cleveland Cavaliers fans are supposed to come out in all black, like a blackout or whatever is supposed to be the, be, be the case uh, in, in uh, solidarity for their team. Um, but uh, I got to believe the uh, Golden State Warriors – have just as much as a point to prove um, with Draymond Green coming back uh, as the Cleveland Cavaliers' um, uh, desire to take this to a game seven and, and see if they can pull off uh, history. Because uh, that would be history. I, I, I tell you the truth, I can't recall a team that, that came back from the final, in the finals. Quite naturally, uh, Golden State did it in the uh, – um, semifinals against OKC, but in the NBA Finals, I don't think this ever happened. Um, that a team down three-one comes back and wins the NBA championship. Can't recall that ever happening. All right, let's talk about this because they lost a lot of pieces, and uh, I do believe they're going to lose one more piece. Oh, not one more piece, but I do believe they're going to um, have a problem if they don't uh, um, sign this guy. Talking about um, Lamar Miller, I mean, not Lamar Miller, Jesus Christ, uh, Von Miller, who threatens to sit out um, if he doesn't uh, get get a contract. He was pissed off that the um, Denver Broncos leaked the terms of his contract, and he said he will not play the 2016 season under the franchise tag. Now, Denver needs to get a deal struck before July 15th deadline. And I've seen this pattern happen before. Uh, that's why Brock Osweiler is not there. Um, they so- signed um, uh, Brandon Marshall, the other Brandon Marshall, the linebacker, to a nice contract uh, recently. Um, but uh, and Von Miller is looking for a big payday, which, in my opinion, um, NFL players' season, uh, uh, playing time is very limited, so they got to cash in when they can possibly cash in. Because you, they're one play away from um, a career-ending injury, and I think he he's done his his work in to get a contract. But the point I'm making is this, Jeff: the Denver Broncos and John Elway seems like they want to. For lack of a better word, cheap out. Uh, you could say that they're, they're being frugal. They're being uh, financially um, uh, um, smart in trying to squeeze players uh, less nickel so they, they don't pay too much. But when you got a guy like this who, who does the things that he does year in and year out, and now it's time to get paid, and you set the – ceiling at a, a, a certain height rather than a standard eight foot it's six feet or six and a half uh, you don't want to go that that eight foot ceiling um you have to think they lost a lot of players um because of not wanting to sign them and, and uh, uh letting them go thinking they had either were able to pick them up in a draft or they had a, a ample replacement on their team already um, and I'm, I'm trying to, Malik Jackson, I think it went to, uh, um, uh, uh, Jacksonville. 
some other guys, one other spots, uh, they have their staple, their pass, big pass rusher that they need, and they won't pay him. Talk to me. You know, well, the the issue is, I mean, uh, when you have a lot of talent on your football team, you can't pay everybody. It's a tight cap. Um, and, you know, the cap has given the NFL more labor peace than the other major sports, but it does create these kind of problems. You see, with if you bring back the Denver defense from last year, you know, you don't have to pay big bucks to, uh, you know, a, a really un- unproven Brock Osweiler. But, you know, it, it, so let's say, you know, they they could win in that, you know, with with the Mark Sanchez at quarterback. But you you know, Von Miller's a big piece of that defense. They they got him and another good pass rusher on the other side. Most most NFL teams don't have that. Um, you know, there's a premium for, for quality pass rushers and, uh, Von Miller is one of them. Um, and, you know, I, I wish, you know, teams could pay as much as they wanted to keep players they drafted, you know, their own players, but, uh, that, that's not the way the cap works. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, personally, I don't particularly care for John Elway, um, a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, it's kind of personal reasons, not NFL reasons, because he was one of the guys who uh, practically destroyed the Arena Football League. Uh, I have to give him credit. He's been successful as uh, the executive running the Broncos. But uh, to maintain that success, like, uh, you know, guys like Ozzie Newsom have, that's that's very difficult, and uh, Elway's going to find that out. So, uh you know, I, it, who knows? Uh, it, it, you know, once you've, uh, you know, uh, won the Super Bowl, um, it, teams lose a little. You know, they 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 lose players, mm-hmm. and also sometimes the guys who stay sometimes lose their edge. Whatever. Um, it, it's going to be hard for them to repeat. Uh, and who knows that? You know, that defense might not be as impressive as it was last year. And uh, that that's one of the things that makes repeating so difficult. Well, and I'm just going to continue on that uh, thought. Uh, it makes it that much more difficult, all the more reason to sign a player like Von Miller back. And just coincidentally, who was the MVP of the Super Bowl? And for the most part, who won that Super Bowl for the Denver Broncos? Talking about Von Miller being the MVP and the defense as a whole helped win that um, Super Bowl. So you can see how important Von Miller is to that defense. And the, the more pieces you lose, the more important, in my opinion, Von Miller becomes. Uh, so it's a, I guess it's a catch-22, but, you know, you don't have a big ticket quarterback to pay. Um, um, Paxton Lynch only got a, what, a $5 million contract or something crazy like that. So he's a cheap quarterback that he got uh, in the first round. And you, the big ticket guy is your, uh, your pass rusher, Von Miller. And he's looking – look at what Fletcher Cox got. Fletcher Cox got – $63 million guaranteed. The Denver Broncos, if I'm not mistaken, was only going to give Von Miller between 35 and $40 million guaranteed, somewhere in there, which is a, a big stretch from where uh, Fletcher Cox got from the Philadelphia Eagles. So uh, if, if I was Von Miller, I'd be a little pissed off because Fletcher, Fletcher Cox – He's a very good player, but he's not in the league at Von Miller. So uh, if he can get $63 million from uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and they're a long way away from winning the Super Bowl or even being contenders for, for the Super Bowl compared to the Denver Broncos, who won the Super Bowl, who the MVP was Von Miller, who the defense, for the most part, won the Super Bowl for him, I would think 
they would make a priority out of uh, making Von Miller happy and signing him to a contract that he can be happy with. But what can I say? I'm not in that position to uh, um, help him one way or the other. Anyway, let's move on to uh, an interesting thing here. I don't know if this was media-driven. I don't know where this came, rumors came from um, and the dreaded rumor. Uh, and uh, as soon as you put a rumor out there, for the most part, some people think it's the truth. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers running back Le'Veon Bell, who's uh, rehabbing from a torn ACL, uh, a really bad uh, knee injury, addressed rumors that he missed the drug test, which would result in a failed test result. And his quote says, I haven't missed any drug tests, failed any drug tests. I'm fine. And he said that this past Tuesday. Um, now, I don't know where it came from. I don't know why it came out, uh, which was very strange that it would come out about him missing a fail, uh, failed drug test. I mean, missing a drug test, not a failed drug test, missing a drug test. But uh, I just had to throw it out there for that. Um, the other thing I wanted to come out with is, um, where is it at here? Oh, I just had it. What's your thoughts on that, Jeff, before I move on? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I got something else going on here. Um, I missed some of that. Basically, was that uh, um, rumors came out there that that Le'Veon Bell had uh, oh, missed a oh. drug test? You and, know, and he pretty much, and it was just a rumor. I don't know where where it came from, and it seems like there's nobody's putting their name on it. It's just a rumor. Yeah, you know that stuff gets tiresome. You know, it, it, there's not much to say. I mean, I I think they've been going easy on him in a mini camp, which I think is common because he's coming off a big injury. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, very curious how he's going to look in camp and how he's going to bounce back. Um, because when he's healthy, he's, he's one of the best. I mean, uh, uh, top five, uh, e- easily. Um, you know, so he, he could, he could put together uh, a great career if, uh, if he could stay healthy and, uh, stay productive. And, you know, uh, you, know you, you get tired of these rumors, you know, I mean, if something happened, all right, you know, you know, we, uh, I guess, you know, the news should be shared, but it's nothing, you know? Um, so, uh, and they're, they're, they're pretty strict about that, uh, drug testing. Um, I don't, you know, though, did, didn't he, I guess, didn't he get suspended, uh, for, I think a couple games, I think for a violation. So maybe cause he does have that history, um, I think because of that, you know, I guess guys like that, there's always talk, you know. Yeah, he he got suspended when the bad influence, LeGarrette Blunt was on the team, and both of them got popped for uh, marijuana. And they they, they, they suspended him for that. Um, So, uh, but, and and I imagine because of that, then he, he gets random testing or whatever the case may be. Um, on a regular basis uh, for who God knows how long. Um, and I think that's the reason why, or he could be just, he could be just picked out because they do pick guys out uh, on a team and, and do a drug test. So it is what it is. Uh, I want to talk about it. it is what it is. My old team. What the heck is going on with my old team? They have a quarterback that played well for him. I don't like him, but they played well for him. Um, he used to be with the Texans, and I still didn't like him. Um, and but he played his best his career uh, year was the best when he went back to Shane Gailey and the New York Jets, and and, and balled out. Um, he's trying to get paid. Um, there's another team that's trying to shortchange the, the uh, one of their uh, important players on their team. Uh, doesn't make sense to me. Denver Broncos, one of their most important players, uh, in my opinion, are trying to uh, shortchange him. Uh, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick on the New York Jets played well. Um, played wasn't a free was a free agent after the season, quite naturally. Uh, thought he would have some suitors other than the Jets. 
found out he didn't. Uh, now the Jets feel like they're in a very powerful position and uh, a um, favorable position, and just said that uh, uh, is this is this this is what we're going to give you, or you can sit out. You know, or we could you could go bye bye. We can we'll just use Geno Smith, and uh, he's holding out, hoping that the Jets will bump up their their offer. So he he could be reunited with Eric Decker and um, Brandon Marshall, and try to get that um, playoff spot that they missed out on last year with a ten and six record. What's your thoughts before I move move to a guy that um, got hurt under suspicious um, uh, uh, on uh, suspicious terms? Talk to me about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, you know. Uh, New York sports radio has been talking about that a lot. I think that's probably the biggest New York NFL off season story is, you know, the jets and, um, uh, Fitzpatrick not being able to make a deal. Um, it, the thing is, uh, he's coming off a very good season. Um, and, I mean, I guess there are, I've heard a lot of different things, you know, I guess there's dispute, not just the money, the number of years. To me, uh, I, I I could see, you know, the, I don't know, I, could, I, I would want to sign him to a decent one-year contract because the I don't think the Jets could win with any of their other three quarterbacks. Um, Geno Smith, I don't think, has the right stuff. Uh, Bryce Petty's very raw. Uh, Christian Hackenberg, um, I, I didn't like him in college. Um, I know he uh, didn't have a great supporting cast at Penn State, but, uh, you know, they uh, they were calling him Christian Sackenberg, which, uh, you know, he was looking like uh, uh, a young Rob Johnson, and I just I, – I can't stand quarterbacks who take too many sacks. Um uh, but I guess, you know, he had some good measurables, so the Jets invested a second-round pick in him. Uh, come on. I don't see him starting and winning with an NFL team. Um, but, you know, this is the downside of the salary cap. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, I'm curious who's going to blink. Um, you know, Fitz is one of these guys who's been able to work the system and with moderate success, has been able to make a lot of money, uh, you know. But it's it's getting that time, you know. I think uh, training camp's like five weeks away, and I know what you mean. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned it about. I assume you're talking about Darren McFadden, and frequently <laughs> during. Yes. Uh, you know, first of all, I think almost every off season he's coming back from an injury. Except, I mean, I, I think this guy pulled a groin when he was coming out of his mother, I think. This, this is how injured this guy is. And, uh, you know, as a newborn baby, he was on the injury report, you know. He pulled a hammy. And um, the, um, I, I've been, I, I'm frequently suspicious of off-season and or off-the-field injuries uh, for a long time. Remember when Brandon Marshall back when he was playing with Denver, you know, the, the, the wide receiver, Brandon Marshall, um, sure, I it, when he, he put his arm through a TV and he told yep. some ridiculous story that he slipped mm-hmm. on a McDonald's bag. And I'm just thinking, right. you know, he's talking about how clumsy he is. He can't be that clumsy. He's a pro bowl wide receiver. Right. Many others, uh, Brian Greasy claimed he tripped over his dog's leash and, and got injured. I, I think he was drunk. Um, many, many others, because I think it, it puts their contract in jeopardy. So they uh, they lie about these off-the-field injuries, and it's, it's usually easy to get away with. Um, and it just, I guess, for fantasy purposes, makes Ezekiel Elliott more desirable because – uh, you know, he's obviously a stud running back. Dallas invested a high pick in him. But I guess the only thing against him, you know, as far as, you know, fantasy goes, is that Dallas has good or had good depth at that position with McFadden, who, you know, when healthy, is a very good receiver. And right. also with Alfred Morris, 
who uh, you know is pretty good between the tackles. Not not a great receiver. Um, but uh, I heard Dallas was going to try to trade McFadden, but uh, they wouldn't get much for him anyway. But with this nonsense, they'd get even less. You know, so uh, instead of getting a cold six pack of peels, now they'd get a warm six pack of peels. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's supposed to be missing a couple months. He had surgery on his elbow um, Tuesday, and supposedly he's going to be back in time for the season opener. And the story was that he injured his elbow at home, uh, reaching for a, I guess, reaching for a cell phone. I guess the cell phone was falling, and he reached for it, and he um, um, injured his elbow. Um, tried to work through it up to a certain point. I guess um, the mini camp it came to, came to came to light, and now he has to sit out a couple months because of uh, the surgery that just took place. Like I said, this past Tuesday, very suspicious. Like you said, Jeff, um, it's crazy how these guys, these world class athletes, professional players that um, have elite skills can get hurt in the weirdest possible ways. How about Nate Burleson reaching for a pizza and what, breaking his arm? If I'm not, if not, yes. not, not yes. breaking arm, reaching for a pizza. And to this day, to this day, he said that's the way it really happened. I, more than once on the, um, the NFL network, I've heard him say it. Laughing at himself that, yeah, I did break my uh, uh, arm reaching for a pizza uh, in, in a car or whatever, whatever way. So I find it very difficult to believe, like I said, these world-class athletes who have extremely elite talents that people would die for do things um, that most people won't do to get hurt that don't even put themselves in that situation to get hurt. Um, uh, uh, reaching for a pizza, pizza breaking your arm, um, injuring your elbow, fracturing your elbow, whatever the fact is, reaching for a cell phone. Uh, you're talking about tripping over a dog's leash and hurting yourself. Um, an incident with a TV, regardless of what I was, incident with a TV, um, injuring yourself. I mean, you, you would have to think. And if I was a, if I was a GM, uh, the president of football operations, head coach, position coach, uh, owner of a team, and a player calls up or it's get reported in the media that this so-called player uh, injured herself in whatever reason uh, and was a freakish-type accident, I'd have to shake my head and say, come on, man. I do with Chris, Chris Carter. Come on, man. Really? Come on. You, you really want me? Is that the story you're going to ride with? Really? Um, but it happens. And it's a shame. Speaking of injury, and you have to think this guy, and I'm just going along because I, 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 I'm, trying to, I'm starting to think this guy is going to be a total bust. I could be wrong, and he could make a resurgence, but it seems like ever since he got into the league, ever since he got into the league, he's been he's been a total bust, and I got to believe I think he's going to be that. Uh, the wide receiver from the Baltimore Ravens, he uh, tore his anterior cruciate um, last year, um, and he had to sit out the whole year in his rookie year. Um, coming back in the OTAs and minicamp, he he injures himself again with the possibility of not being able to play again this season. Um, it's been been reported this past June, I mean this past Tuesday, that he's receiving stem cell injections or received a stem cell injection and it. And he doesn't supposedly doesn't have a torn ACL or PCL, as I think was first reported, uh, and he's expected to be fine for the season. Now I'm not a medical person, 
Um, but um, if you have something going funky on with your knee, uh, and, and if it was first reported that you tore a ligament or whatever type in your knee, and now it's not torn, uh, I don't know how much stem cell, uh, a stem cell injection to promote healing is going to help. Jeff, help me out there. What are your thoughts? You know, some some of these guys, uh, I, I guess some of them do have, you know, the measurables, the upside. Uh, but when uh, the Giants don't do it too often, you know, the team I root for. But when I see an NFL team invest a high pick in one of these guys who, who physically, you know, had – you know, had trouble uh, taking the, you know, the pounding in college, I cringe, you know? Um, um, you know, I mean, a lot, a lot of guys have been hurt in college, you know, and, and been on, gone on to successful NFL careers. But uh, to me, it's a red flag. Uh, and, uh, you know, but you know what cracks me up? Like, uh, some guys... Like I'll tell you, a guy who overcame it, um, uh, that that very talented running back with the Rams. Um, it's gonna take me a while to get used to saying Los Angeles Rams again. Todd, Todd Gurley. Right, right, and you know, uh, they knew right off the bat he was gonna miss about half the half the season, but he showed enough in that second half of the season. He was worth it. But uh, some of these other guys, like uh, you know Miles Jack, in this draft, uh, you know I know. Very promising, but also serious knee injury, um, and a lot of these other guys. You know, me, uh, I'd, I'd rather play it safe with, uh, you know, high draft picks. Uh, you know, maybe you could take a chance later on. And uh, you know, when I'm doing my fantasy drafting, uh, you know, especially at certain positions, I, I really don't like taking chances on, on these guys who are always injured. Because part of it is also that despite their support during the season, the teams have to disclose injury information, but they they don't give you good information. And, and sometimes you're led to believe a guy's healthy. You spend the, you know, you spend the fantasy draft pick on them. Uh, you waste a roster spot on them. And then after the season you hear, Oh, my knee was horrible the entire season, but you know, <laughs> uh, that it doesn't help you after the season. And, uh, you know, uh, you can't underestimate the importance of health in uh, in pro sports, especially the NFL. Yeah. All right, Jeff. Um, let's move on to uh, this. Um, all right, Jeff, we got about five minutes left in the show, give or take. Um, give me your prediction on tonight's game. Um, and if there's if the if the Cleveland's going to force a game seven going back to um, um, Golden State, and is Stephon Curry? And I think he really showed up really in one game out of this out of the last five games. Um, is he going to? Display his MVP talents um, today um, versus trying to worry about a game seven. And my main thing is, who wins tonight? Um, I think Golden State's going to get it together. I think Steph Curry is more injured than we're led to believe. There's enough other big pieces in the Golden State for them to overcome. you know, uh, LeBron and his lack of supporting cast, you know, even if uh, Kyrie has another big game, uh, you know, uh, Kevin Love has been the invisible man, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, Two just, points uh, last game. Mu- yeah, much, I mean, I know he's coming off an injury, but even before the injury, you know, he, yeah, he, yeah, he's good at putting up big numbers when it doesn't matter on the last place team in Minnesota, but, you know, Big time situation. You know, I, I, I'm sure he doesn't get as many touches as he would in other situations. But you know, you got to make the most of it. And 
maybe you got to do other things to show your worth. And, uh, you know, he's not a great defender. Um, uh, uh, so I think because just over, more overall talent on Golden State and getting uh, getting their tough guy back, uh, I think they're uh, – I think they they should win it. All right, and last but not least, one of my least favorite subjects in, in so-called sport sources: two groups post bids in fourteen point one billion dollar range to buy UFC. Bidding to buy the UFC is drawing closer to an end. The two bid groups, WME IMG, in conjunction with the Dalian. Uh, Wanda Group and China Media Capital had similar bids in the $4.1 billion range. Source said that both bidding groups are still trying to complete the finance, the buyout, which would be for the entire company. Which, which company ultimately wins out might depend on the details of that financing. Sources say WME co-chair Ari Emanuel has been asking well-heeled investors to chip in $25 million to $50 million. One of those investors, this is the reason why I'm saying it, one of those investors that said yes, according to sources, was the Kraft Group owns the New England Patriots and the New England Revolution. So Robert Kraft, uh, part of his group, um, is trying to uh, get a piece of the uh, group that is trying to buy the UFC. What do you think? You know, I don't particularly care for uh, MMA. Same here. Uh, which, you know, UFC is pretty much the dominant promotion. I'll tell you, I, I wish somebody would revive boxing. Uh, uh, you know, I guess I was thinking about that recently with the uh, the passing of uh, Muhammad Ali. But I, I don't know. I guess when it comes to investors, I guess investors like UFC because of the upside – but uh, there's no guarantee it's going to get much bigger. You, you you just don't know. I mean, I'm not an investment person. Um, but it just uh, you know the, the sport doesn't appeal to me. It's just uh, uh, for several reasons. I mean, uh, you know, whenever I watch it, it's just I uh, I I don't care for it. I prefer traditional boxing. Um, but you know, uh, there are people going to the bouts and, you know, watching on pay-per-view and, uh, um, it, it has grown, it, it, you know, so, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, somebody could be making a foolish investment, but, uh, cause you know, it wouldn't take much for, uh, you know, that, that port, that sport to rapidly decline in popularity. Cause it's not, it doesn't have a ton of credibility. It doesn't have a ton of tradition and uh, taste are fickle, you know. Uh, but in a crowded sports marketplace, it has managed to uh, grow rather quickly. But, yep. uh, you know, this, this goes to show you, uh, you know, the the big dollars that are, are at stake and people willing to invest in it. And, re- you know, that that's a gamble. I mean, investments are gamble, but that that's a big gamble. So. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yes, it, it could be a fat – could be a fad, and you don't know how long it's going to last, even though it has lasted for for quite a few years. Um, you don't know where the where the end may be in sight. Anyway, uh, Jeff, before we leave out of here in less than sixty seconds, uh, you got anything that's uh, closing that you want to say before we um, leave out of here? Well, um, I mentioned uh, we haven't had a show since the passing of uh, the greatest Muhammad Ali. And yes, I'm sorry. Another yes. another all time great. In a sport yep. we don't talk about too often, Gordie Howe passed away recently. Yes, um, yes. All-time great hockey player. Uh, uh, so, uh, you know, uh, the two big losses in the world of sports and uh, two legends, uh, you know, in their sport and also uh, outside of it. Not to leave anybody out, but just just listen to this list of who's, who's passed and how significant they were in their field. David Bowie, Muhammad Ali, Gordie Howe, and Prince. Four people from the beginning of the year until up until now. Significant um, people in their respective 
uh, uh, venue that passed away um, in the first six months of the year. Unbelievable. Um, and I'm probably leaving, leaving somebody else, else, else out that's significant, but those four just came um, to the top of my head. And those are pretty big heavy hitters that we're talking about. That being said, Jeff, uh, I'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the rest of the um, uh, week. And for those who are going to be, who are fathers, um, happy Father's Day. I'll be talking to you, you guys on the master plan, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, Sunday afternoon or Sunday morning. Um, that being said, enjoy the rest of the week and uh, God bless. Yeah. Mr. Anchor. Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew. Yeah. Check. Fantasy Sports and Politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew.